And good morning, good evening, good day, good whatever. Welcome to the next episode of An Ordinary King. Um, today's episode, I am super excited to bring to you. Uh, had a chat with a very good friend of mine who have been very excited about getting on the show for a long time. Um, his name's Andy Gardner. Uh, you probably don't know who he is, but you probably know some of the bands that he's played in, uh, maybe. Um, most notably, Area 7, their Melbourne ska rock band. Uh, been around since the 90s. Uh, incredibly successful internationally as well. Um, and also the, the uh, another band, Mr. Coffee, along with uh, numerous other bands and instruments this guy's plays. There's, Andy is a, a true testament um, and personifies what I think is the true artist. Um, musician sort of get down, get shit done kind of attitude um, just behind the scenes. Unsung hero kind of guy. Uh, fantastic chat. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I loved it. Hope you enjoy it. Sit down, buckle up. Here he is, Andy Gardner. If I can get used to my voice like that. No. Nah. Oh, cheers. Thanks. Um, while I have a boy here for a beer, thanks, Chess, yeah. for uh, cheers. jumping on the show. No, not a problem. Andy. Thanks for having me. Andy Gardner. <laughs> Bassist. Mm. Human being. That indeed, yes. Man of many things. Oh, not really. <laughs> <laughs> just, just bass. Just bass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tell us about your double, your big double bass you got in the in the front there. Oh, well, that one. Um, I was playing in a rockabilly band for a little while, so that, that was mainly set up for that one. That was my first double bass. I've got a nicer one in the other room that I've used for, um, you know, jazz gigs and sure and, and whatnot. Um, you yeah. play jazz as well, don't you? Yeah, a little bit. I've I'm sort of trained trained on jazz, so that's sort of you know how it sort of started earlier. In the earlier days, really? yeah, oh, a little bit, yeah, yeah, just the way I've I've, I've studied, um, you yeah, know, did a little bit of study and all that, and how I've learnt the instrument has sort of been jazz based, essentially. So, but um, yeah, that particular bass you're talking about, yeah, I played in a rockabilly. What was band the band? Uh, the band was called the Sinita and the Incinerators. That's a rockabilly band. band. Yeah. <laughs> it's proper. Could you play any of the bike gigs or anything like that? Oh, a little like car shows and all that mm-hmm. sort of thing. So, yeah, that that went on for for a couple of years. Um, but yeah, I haven't I haven't. That was the only rockabilly band I've ever really played in. Um, apart from that, it's it's really sort of just been, you know, rock bands. Scar bands, punk bands, cover bands, wedding bands, blues bands. God, so you like, <clears throat> did you like, so going back to when you started, so you studied jazz. Yeah, yeah. Did yeah. you think this would be the trajectory? This would be sort of where you would not so much end up, but the path that you took? Do you think this would be it, where you are now? Oh, I think I've gone further than I thought of my expectations back then. I sure, think, I think yeah, I've yeah. got a lot further. What, what were your expectations? Oh, I was happy just with, you know, bar gig here and there <laughs> and whatever. But yeah, no, I've definitely, um, you know, exceeded, you know, we're talking expectations. We're talking, you know, high school expectations. And, sure. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Early 20s and, and whatnot, you know. But um, yeah, no, I've, I've definitely gone a little bit further than, you know, expected. You certainly have. You're in a pretty, I think probably one of Australia's 
long-running successful rock bands. I think they've been pretty successful. Yeah, yeah, for a in, long the, in time. the scar side of things, definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that that kind of um fell into my lap. Really. Who, who do you play for? Because there's probably a, a lot of people out there that that don't know. So it's Area Seven, and um, yeah, yeah. No, we're we're still playing. It's um time. twenty twenty plus years now. We did a twentieth anniversary show a few years ago, and um, probably yeah, probably do a twenty fifth one <laughs> pretty soon. <laughs> Has the audience changed? Um, no, look, I think it's still pretty much the same audience. Like, there's a lot of the you know, like the young punters and all that are all, yeah, yeah, all sure. there and everything, but um, yeah. I think um, maybe back back in the day, you know, in the night like they started in the nineties, so yeah, because you, you know, came along later, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Like I've probably been in the band. I joined 20, 2011, 2012. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's been a few years now. It's it's funny when I think of it like that because it doesn't feel feel like I've been in it for that long still. Really? Yeah. Yeah. But um, I, th- I think the punters probably, um, you know, they, they've, they've gone to the shows in the 90s and all that and maybe they probably disappeared for a while and had their kids and everything and now they they're can probably go back, back out and yeah, <laughs> they can go to no, shows again. Bag- or the babysitter, yeah. they don't need a babysitter anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. but you, you still get the younger the younger crowd as well. You know, you get the general sort of party party people out there and all the rest of it in, amongst that scene, you know. I think um, there's been a good you know scar scene in, in melbourne for a long time yeah, not necessarily has. good but there's been a scene you know there's always yeah. been something you know like it's you know wavered you know over the years i guess that um yeah it's i been, mean it's the, the music scene in in melbourne has in chain do you think that melbourne has a particular sound you know people talk about that a lot how different cities have different sounds do you think melbourne has one yeah, I've I've heard people say that before. I've I've definitely heard um I've heard I've heard that. Um yeah, I think so. Like um yeah, I think if you go to like um venues like the Tote in Collingwood, oh, okay. they well, they yeah. they have, you know, a certain certain niche of of bands there sometimes, you know, like yeah. you know, your, your pubby sort of punky pub rocky sort of stuff. Um yeah, look, I can definitely think that there'd be sounds would change across states. You know, yeah, for sure. Because I know that WA and Perth, they had a huge, uh, big music scene there for a while. And they still do. They have really good bands coming out of Perth, and they have it for a long time. Yeah, you know, and same. So I mean, the same with Melbourne. But I think Melbourne just due, due because there's a lot of people here. Oh, there's so there's so many bands in Melbourne. It's it's crazy, um, the amount of bands. Yeah, it's crazy, uh, and especially um, you know as we get older and you know the world gets smaller with you know social media and stuff you sort yeah. of seen so so many more bands have a platform now to you know put themselves out there and you know it's it's definitely changed changed a little bit how did they find how did the area seven find you that's what i wanted to know um so my friend Oka, who i've mentioned before over dinner yeah um, yeah, so he's he's been a. I've played in a band with him for a long time, but we played in a band together called Mr. Coffee. Great, <laughs> <laughs> right. I should have been in that band. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that's that. That was uh, yeah. So that, that's how we know each other through Mr. Coffee. And, um, 
<laughs> Where did you? Don't tell me you played at cafes. <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> the, the name for that band actually came out of a movie called uh, Spaceballs, and there's a Mr. Coffee oh, gag. Spaceballs. Yeah. So yeah, you know, go, recently. So where's so and so? And they go, oh, check Mr. Radar. Mr. Radar's next to Mr. Coffee. Yeah, this yeah. Is the coffee machine. So it's oh, brilliant. Yeah, so that's where that came from. But sure. um, yeah, through through Ocker from Mr. Coffee, and um, you know they were short a bass player, and yeah, I got a call with about a week's notice to play a gig in Adelaide. And you were like, "All right, yeah." Did you yeah. know Area Seven quite well back then? Yeah, well, they used to do a lot of gigs with Mr. Coffee. Sure. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah. that's how that sort of connection. Yeah. A little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's all sort of how how that came along, really. And and of all gigs, for the first gig for me to play, yeah. was a wedding. Really? Yeah. Yeah, first gig, yeah, in Barossa Valley, yeah. Someone, a fan was getting married and... It's like we want one, Area 7 to play yeah. at our wedding. And like, well, all right. You're going to get us over there? Yeah, we're going to get you over there. We're going to play a set, yeah. And, yeah, so, yeah, off all... That's off, amazing. Yeah, and off, off all gigs, yeah, the first one was a wedding, so... How was that? Yeah, it was great. It was good. Um, you know, I had to. I was sort of frantically learning the songs. Yeah, um, sure. Getting them all down and all the rest of it. But you got to remember, it was this was at a winery, and you know, well, things were getting loose pretty quickly. So <laughs> I'm sort of there, trying to keep it all together. You know, and yeah, the, the, it was it was a great wedding. Um, you know, we had a lighting rig fall on us. Um, great. Yeah, that was that was a great introduction to the band. <laughs> um, yeah. How do you think you went? Your first gig with them? Oh, I survived. Well, yeah, it wasn't yeah, perfect. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was fine. Yeah, and then um, yeah, and then sort of we were doing the um, the pub, you know, doing all the pubs and whatnot. You know, the SB and all that good and the stuff tone, and all, all that sort of thing. And yeah, um, yeah, and then that sort of what do, what do we do after that? Um, oh, we did a Living End tour. So they, they had the um, retrospective tour. So they were doing an album a night. I remember that. Yeah, they did. I remember that. It was, it was crazy. Yeah, they were doing like six, seven nights a week. Doing all their albums and yeah, it was a bit mental. But um, yeah, was, uh, we did a couple of those with, with them. So that was great. How, and that was good. How, how did you find that touring with those guys? Because they're huge. Yeah, big crowds. <laughs> big crowds yeah yeah because i've always been um used to just sort of doing you know your, your 400 you know capacity sort of half full sure you know and your your cover band stuff and whatever you know the you know there's never sort of you know to the roof but yeah all these shows were pretty much sold out and yeah they'll they're quite quite good yeah amazing yeah really step things up a little bit <laughs> Do you reckon that? Do, and because Area Seven's been quite popular though for a long time. Did yeah, that, they had that a lot tour of help with the popularity yeah. of the band, or did that change much? No, if anything, it sort of um, helped him get. Sort of, I don't know. Probably put, put Area Seven back in people's minds because they had sure. a lot of. Um, well, a lot of their ex- success, I think, was in the late nineties, early two yeah, thousands. Yeah. So, um, like even when Mr. Coffee played with them, we we're sort of doing like, yeah, they, they weren't huge gigs. Uh, you know, but they were, they were still good gigs. Um, yeah, the the Living End thing was like they were, they were very decent sized gigs, and um, yeah, and and lately, um, yeah, we've actually had quite. A, we've just finished a run of like about fifteen shows since November last year, and just all sort of you know different things. But yeah, they've all been like really decent gigs. So for some reason, we're sort of you know relevant again. <laughs> <laughs> so everything sort of disappears and it comes back. Yeah, kind, yeah. Of, kind of thing. And, but, and you um, got you got a big tour coming up too, don't you? 
No, we've just sort of done everything. Oh, you've done everything? Yeah, yeah we've just, we just we just finished everything. Um, so we had the Hotter Than Hell tour. Mm-hmm. So that was, um, yeah, throughout January and Feb. And that's with all the... The bands we were playing with are all from that era. So, we, you know, it was like Kill, Killing High, Heidi, yeah, Jebediah, amazing. Spiderbait, um, 28 Days, Body Jar. So body it was all, jar. all those. Yeah. Body Jar. So it was all that sort of, you know, era. Sequinspoon's doing a big show coming up, a big tour coming up shortly as well. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Check that one out. It'd be pretty sick. I'm surprised they weren't on there for some reason. Maybe they might have done the year before. It wouldn't sure. surprise me. Yeah, um, yeah. This particular tour, I think they might have had one or two. I think they, they did last year and maybe the year before. I don't yeah. didn't know a lot about it until we started playing it, but I know they're probably doing it for a few more years. Yeah, sure. I think it's a, yeah. So why yeah. music, Andy? I don't play sport. <laughs> yeah yeah i have yeah a long time ago yeah but um i don't know i just sort of fell into it you know i grew up in a musical house you know which is quite common for you know a lot of people who play so you know yeah sure yeah, yeah. yeah um you know my dad plays trumpet you know my brother and sister both play um you know brother plays trumpet as well my sister plays clarinet and saxophone uh, I was a little bit of the black sheep on that because... You didn't um, go the wind? Didn't go the wind? And oh, I, I did a bit of clarinet, but right. um, yeah, I sort of didn't do music for a little bit. But then, um, you know, with the skateboarding and the uh, listening to sort of the rock music and all the rest of it, discovered the bass. Um, yeah, so a little bit different to, the, to everyone else in the band. But I guess the one thing I had in common with that is that I'm sort of, you know, chose it up as a sort of decent, you know, big part of my life, I guess. And, you know, kept kept doing it. So my brother and sister sort of, you know, brothers sort of went into other things. And so yeah. man, my sister still does a little bit as well. But, um, yeah, I've sort of gone, you know, yeah, I still do quite a lot of it. You know, it's been 20-something years now and, you know, haven't stopped. But, yeah, it's just really, I don't know why why music. It just, it just happened like that and... It just, uh, yeah, it's the only thing I do, really. <laughs> I sound pretty boring now. <laughs> See, no. when I'm thinking about no, like that. Like, do you know how many people that, I, that I've met and chat to and the, one of the general things that a lot of people talk about is, I wish I could play an instrument. Yeah. And, and I don't know how many times I... So, I mean, it's not a daily occurrence. People don't say that to me daily. But I think about this, like whenever someone says, oh, God, I wish I could play an instrument, I'm like... Surely you had music lessons when you were a kid at school. Like, I'm pretty sure yeah. most schools... Like, I went to a really remote school. I went to... In New Zealand, I went to a school. The primary school that I went to, it was 20 people in the whole school. Then teachers, students, everything. Yeah. And then a small yeah. high school. <clears throat> we still had music lessons. I, we played the recorder, which isn't really a musical instrument. <laughs> I, I think it's still fun. I think the recorder yeah, was still good. fun. I enjoyed it. Um, and then started playing the guitar a little bit late, like 16. But... I, I can't think of what it would be like not being able to play a musical instrument. To me, it's kind of like swimming or it's kind of like language. It's like it's a fundamental tool that you can use to communicate to other people. And that's yeah. something that I think of music. And, and to lack uh, what I feel is... I'm not saying the people that don't know how to play musical instruments lack a fundamental tool or, or lack, you know. and It's just a different way to communicate. Yeah. what you're thinking and what you're feeling and um, a different way to connect with people. Mm. Like I always think of music as like the one uni- universal sort of language. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And so I don't know. I always think about, I do think about that a lot. I think about the, um, how unf- unfortunate I would feel if I couldn't play a musical instrument. And, mm. 
how much that would suck. <laughs> well, imagine, <laughs> imagine someone away. who imagine someone who didn't listen to music. Like, imagine. I don't do, know, do, do you know mother, anyone? Yeah, I, I remember. You know who I just remember asking my mother when she was younger, I was like, "Who's your favorite band?" And she's like, "Oh, mm. fuck, I don't know." <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, oh, you like, I know who my favorite band is. How can yeah. you not? You know, like my dad did. Like, how does my mother not know who her favorite band is? She goes, oh, Neil Diamond's okay. I'm like, well, <laughs> the first person that pops your mind is someone that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So I, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, she chose a good mum, mum band. That yeah, is a good mum yeah. band, isn't it? Yeah. He's safe. He's a safe bet. Yeah. It's yeah. not like Tom Jones where you feel like your mum's a little bit risky. Do you know what I mean? It's like Neil, it's Neil Diamond. At least oh, he's got uh, an 8 o'clock My curfew. mum's into Elvis. Ooh, that's risky. Yeah. Ooh, he's, he's, he's a curious one, isn't oh, he? Um, she likes the, uh, the, biker, the biker Elvis, the younger oh, leather-clad yeah, leather Elvis. Clad. I'm going to be honest, I really like the dangerous Elvis, Elvis too. He's pretty dangerous. I yeah. quite like that too. <laughs> I, I love the, um, I said, I have a DVD of the Elvis comeback special, the 68 Elvis comeback special. Yep. Love it. I watch it. I watch it. Is that the one oh, he's on the little, the little square stage? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, th- I think mum's got a, um, a plastic figurine of that. I think I got it for her actually. No. Of that one. Yeah. Oh, that's it's amazing. One. Yeah. I got a feeling. Is it sweaty? One. Is it like perpetually? Is it constantly so, wet? Does it look, look wet to the touch? <laughs> just, you sort of your finger just sort of slips off yeah. it. You can never quite grab it. It's like a little cake of soap. Yeah. Oh, I love Elvis. Yeah. Was who, who were your influences then growing up? Because you since you were say jazz, right? Elvis. Oh, but not yeah, that's your parents. Growing, and oh you. yeah, growing up it was metal. Yeah. 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 I was. I, when I started listening to music, um, like from like picking music out for myself, like I can tell you. My first uh, cassette or my first album was the Lost Boys soundtrack. Tape. Yep. Yeah, my first tape, and that's a great <laughs> soundtrack right there. Um, but I think, <laughs> but I think I got into the metal was from the front covers because you go, and, you know, I think my brother took me to a record store one day, and he's going through looking at the pictures, going, "This is awesome." Uh, and then, yeah, I like to see what this look, you know, sounds like, and then I just got into it, and then I sort of just started off with um, with metal, mm. and then um, you know, then the skateboarding, you know, turned into punk. What bands with the metal did you get into? Oh, like your Iron Maidens, oh, and so your okay. Megadeths, yeah, 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 and yeah. yeah, your Big Fours. Yep, big sure. Big Four stuff, Metallica all that kind of thing. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. And then you know that came, that turned into punk. But then the da- the jazz didn't come in until I actually started learning um, bass guitar. So did you study for that? Yeah, I did. Yeah, where, yeah. Where so, did you study? Well, when I left um, high school, I studied at Box Hill TAFE. So I did um, two courses over four years. Right on. Sure. Yeah, yeah there's a diploma and a, and a bachelor. So, and, I, and that was a jazz based course. So, um, yeah. So, what, what made you choose to do that? I think a big, a big part of learning uh, the jazz side of playing bass was through dad. I think he encouraged sure. me to read music. So, um, it's the kind of thing that if you're going to do this, do it. Yeah, yeah. Do Don't it, just be a garage do it properly. Hack. Do it properly. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and that was kind of, you know, Dad's, Dad's background was sort of the, you know, the technical side of playing trumpet, reading music and, and all of that. And, um, and with bass, it's, it's kind of the same. You know, he encouraged, um, you know, the reading of music and, you know, learning it, you know, learning it properly, I guess. And, yeah, and, that, and as I got my lessons throughout high school, you know, I joined all the, all the bands, you know, the senior bands, and the jazz bands and this bands and that bands, played in all the, the musicals and all the rest of it. yeah. And it all kind of involved the, the sort of fundamentals that 
you know, give you jazz essentially, you know. And then, um, yeah, I ended up in this course and studied it for a while. And <laughs> How did you go through it? Did you go well through the course? Because music's one of those things you can't really fail, is it? You can, you can just oh, sort no, of like had... suck at it or you can be like really fucking good the at it. The only part I failed of it was, would have been like the, oh, um, the history. Theory. Sure. The history. history. Yeah, 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 we had yeah, yeah. like history okay. aspects of it, yeah. The theory wasn't too bad um, because I think you were playing, it was a very hands-on course, so you were playing the whole time. So you were using what you were learning as you are going, going and How did they sort of... Because... Music wasn't something... I didn't study music. So I, I studied arts, performing performing arts as yeah. an actor. And So what did you do for the... So you just played all day long and then you like learn about scales and the yeah, fundamentals and foundations. Yeah, well, of, we had... Um, we always had some sort of tech class, which would have been specifically for the instrument. Sure. So they would have covered on your instrument, you know, your, your scales and, you know, and how to play and how to play the scales correctly. We did a lot of um, classical pieces to do with sure, that, you know, yeah. to work on the technical side of it all. And then, um, you know, we'd have our theory classes. Yeah. So, you know, we basically analysing um, jazz songs, you know, like looking at the chords and how they work. Sure. rewriting them in different keys and all this sort of thing you know and all this is what you can apply you know as a musician you know to as well oh to, to everything yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, definitely and um so we had that we had um performance classes as well so you know what we was had, covered um, in performance classes well you pretty much had to get something together get up in front of your you know in front of the entire course and um and play play Crazy. for them yeah Good. so yeah 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 um, there'll be basically like rehearsal rooms everywhere. So everyone will sort of, you'll be networking, putting your little bands together and ensembles and, and whatever. And, you know, people will be doing solo stuff. You'll be getting a full band thing together. You know, two people will be playing together. It'll be sort of whatever you want, really. And everyone sort of has to do it a couple of times. And yeah, you can get up every week or you can get up every second week. And, do you still play yeah. jazz? Um, I... Don't get a lot of gigs playing jazz, but I use it as a practicing tool. That's yeah, yeah. So do you still? Yeah, yeah, yeah I do. I I still um, practice sort of all the scales and and all that. Like yeah, all the time. Like I yeah, that's sort of how I keep keep Stay my playing healthy. up. Yeah, yeah. But it's I think it's very important to sort of keep those basics basics going. Um, because you you apply them to everything, and you know, you learn your scales and all your keys. Um, and all, all the rest of it. Um, I find because I play in cover cover bands as well, you can sort of uh, you tend to adapt to the song a lot quicker. Yeah, sure. So there's just knowing the nuts and bolts of the song. Uh, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's yeah. something that I never. I don't think I quite had the discipline with learning the theory side of things with music. Yeah, oh, it's it's hard. It's it's, it's tedious. Like it's, I picked up when I picked up the guitar. Because I started playing when I started playing, I was I started playing violin. Yep, Ooh, that's so a hard, that's a hard instrument. And I got it pretty quick. Yeah, mm. I was pretty good at it pretty quick. And then um, went to the bass because I wanted to play in a band. And so <laughs> there was only two other guys. Well, there was only one other guy mm. in my form level that wanted to play in a band. Mm. And then we had an exchange exchange student come over from Indonesia. He was a crazy good drummer. Crazy. Amazing drummer, Michael Van Loon. And um, so we played in the garage. And um, so I migrated to bass because the other guy, Roddy, wanted to play guitar because he wanted to be Kurt Cobain. <laughs> 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 and I was just like, 
I just wanted to be liked. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I just played bass and I was good. uh, So I was pretty good at that. I was pretty good at bass and pretty because of the violin foundation. Yeah. Um, Oh, it would have helped you. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, yeah. So, and then I just got sick of that and wanted to play guitar because I don't know why. I still played bass. I can still play yeah. it pretty well, but not like not like I used to. But um, and then guitar was just really easy. I just found music really easy. I just found it really just sort of made sense. You could, I felt I liked the fact that you could hear something and then replicate yeah. it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, it's not yeah. like spelling. Like I was never very good at spelling. I could you could hear a word, yeah. but it's more difficult to replicate that word, not speech wise, but to write it down. But with music, it's really easy to so you hear something. Mm. Oh, it's just that key. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, well, and you can't make up your own words as well. Some people think you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, uh, yeah, they do, they do all the time. You do whatever you want with music, it's great. <laughs> you can, yeah, mm. you can be as crazy as you fucking want. You mm. can, yeah. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's actually really interesting. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, I like that. That's true. That is true, yeah. So that was kind of my my personal thing with music and I still I just don't but the theory I think I let myself down with the theory I feel I feel like that's where in terms of my musical abilities yeah is um understanding what goes where on a theory basis so I don't quite mm. have the same foundation like I went through you know we did music at high school and um played the piano and whatever so I understood how to write, I could write music, but I never really, I think that my learning curve and my learning ability with music was literally copy paste. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, and I just wasn't interested because I was so excited about music. Yeah. I just didn't yeah. want to sit there. Oh yeah. It's not for everyone. It's down. very tedious. It's, it's so yeah, tedious, it's, it's very tedious. Yeah. And yeah, I don't, um, <clears throat> yeah, I only know a handful of people who sort of, you know, get into the reading and all that as much as I do. It's um, yeah. It's, do you love it's it? Not, do you love? Yeah, I do get a kick. I do get a kick out of it. Yeah, it's pretty nerdy. I'm so glad I do know gets a kick out of it because I hate it. <laughs> I can't yeah, it. I do nerd out on a little bit. Yeah, it's uh, it's my thing. What's yeah. your What's your favorite? Do you have like a favorite kind of theory aspect? No, not really. Look, I just like look. I I just I play my scales. I like playing like soloing. You know, mm. soloing and sort of making making up things using the scales in sort of different ways over yeah, chords. Yeah. Do you, you have know. a favourite scale? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I like them all. I like all the scales. Right on. Yeah. 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 If you play them all, then you know you, you, there's going to be something right in there. I remember I, I um. I listened to, uh, the fuck was it? I can't remember the name of the band. Might have been Nirvana. And they had like this crazy sort of Middle Eastern sounding sort of scale going through. And as I, like, oh, yeah. I was a teenager, I was like, that's really sick. Oh, it's probably it a harmonic really minor. Maybe, yeah. yeah I see. Uh, this is this is where I fail. Yeah. Because I'm like, I don't know what it is, but it sounds good. And I like replicating it. It sounds really cool. Yeah. I mean, it just sounds, I just like the way it sounds like those... Those funky scales compared to like your normal twelve bar sort of typical blues, you sort of yeah, scales. Yeah. You know, the, you know the, that to me is what the foundation is is knowing the really basic stuff. Oh, do. and at the end of the day, half the time you just end up using the basics. You know, and the sure. music that you listen to and that we like, unless you sort of like something a bit 
you know, a bit different. You're kind of just using really the, the very basics of it all. Um, like I, I don't learn theory to a point where it's I don't use it. When I was studying, we'll talk quite a lot of um, different, just all sorts of different stuff that at the end of the day, you come, you come out of this course and you don't even use half of it. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's a percentage of it that you do use and that I still practice to this day. How yeah, do you practice? Every Apart day. Apart from every day, like a couple of hours or something like that? Oh, not a couple of hours. Any, anywhere from, you know, half an hour to, to a couple of hours. Sure, you know, yeah, it all depends, yeah. you know, when, how much time, you know, life allows much you can afford yeah 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 but always make sure there's you know something around to play you know you know there's always a guitar in most of the rooms or something what's this one here Uh, oh that's just the the acoustic bass that you know i sometimes sit around and play that what is it it's just bass guitar acoustic (laughs) bass yeah it's nice. It's I, nice I, don't need to, I don't need to plug it in anywhere. So that's a good one, you mm. know, I drag around, you know, in summer if I'm hanging out outside having a beer or something. You know, yeah, they'll yeah, be yeah. out there Just with me. Yeah, and I can, you know, learn songs and all the rest of it. I try not to have to go into the you know, the one room to do everything. So yeah. I spread myself all over the house. Jody's pretty cool about it. You know, she's always fallen over something. Musical but, instruments, <laughs> strings and Yeah, it's a good sport about it. But I remember yeah. when I was playing bass, um, I learnt this little life hack about strings that you could boil the strings yep. and make and i was i remember how excited i was so i got all these pots out and like all these packets <laughs> of strings and like this little steel spaghetti pasta thing yep. going on there for a while and then i'd sort of i um <clears throat> sort of got screwed over with the um with what strings were what i mean the the big fat Ooh. one was the obvious one but yeah. uh there was like the two in the middle that i oh, sort of got yeah. screwed myself over with <laughs> <laughs> But I, was, I remember how excited I was when I was I first learned about boiling strings. I, I still do it. Do you do it? Yeah. Yeah. I could, sometimes you just, I've, got a, I've got a box of strings. I just keep going through them all. It just seems so yeah, wasteful, you, you know, after a while. And, yeah, you, you can usually get a few extra rounds out of it. They, um, you know, the more you use them, the deader they get. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, no, I've, I've done that quite a few. I've did it not long ago, actually. Just, and it's not even a financial thing. I just feel it wasteful. Like, I've got such a pile of old strings, I can't bear to throw them out. I'm yeah. like, oh, I can just buy more. I can, if I just boil these, I can get another round or two out of them. And, but it, I think if it's something like, you know, if it's for something like, you know, an Area 7 show, you know, something kind of important, I'll put a new set on there. But, you yeah. know, something a bit more serious. But, you know, if it's just, um, it depends, you know, if it's just, if I'm playing something that's just being practiced on that and all, all the rest of it, yeah, I'm not too fussed. Yeah. Yeah, so I've got a few different bases that I play, so they they're all kind of you know in a line to, you know, depending on what condition they're in, you know, they're practice ones or they're ones that get used for shows. And, do you have uh, favourite instruments that you play? Like of all the instruments that you have, do you have favourites? Yeah, yeah, I've I've got old old faithful a black jazz bass that I play, and I've been using that for um most of the area seven stuff um right yeah, yeah I've, I've, I've had that for a while that's kind of the number one go-to so that's um strung up with some fresh strings on it at the moment what and is it what's the what is it a what? so it's a it's just a fender jazz oh, okay. um yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's pretty modified up like I've, I've got bought a new neck for it and yeah you know i've got all weird stuff done to the pickups and all the rest of it yeah. so that's kind of like you know the the andy model <laughs> and such and yeah. then I'll, I've kind of just got to back up to that one sure so if something happens to that one I've got one that's kind of very similar to that and that's still a Fender yeah yeah Fender Jazz it's another Fender Jazz so um yeah I kind of try to have 
two that are very similar just you know if one goes then i've got the other one because i usually bring two yeah, to a right. show yeah 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 i don't want to bring two different different sound and basses just because you know your amp set a certain way so you can just sort of swap it and jump back in yeah yeah it doesn't happen very often it's that thing you know like when you don't bring one something's going to happen when you bring two nothing's going to happen i remember um speaking of that i remember going to the and the vasca era uh, era earlier that we were talking about the band yeah uh, amazing melbourne band that andy and i were talking about earlier on um and gigs at the espy Mm. And people don't know the Esplanade Hotel is a institution more than anything, mm. and it's more of a, a university. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <than> a pub. <laughs> people sort of uh, earn their straps there at this. But so I remember uh, one New Year's Eve um, going to watch the Vasco era play there. A few people might remember this. There's some people listening that were there. Um, but I think halfway through the first song, he blew his, his amp. Yeah. It's a Fender amp. And then he bought out this new amp, and then another song later he blew that. Oh, jeez. And then he didn't have a third amp. So there was like this mad dash <laughs> to try to find another amp. Uh, and he plugged into, I don't know what he plugged into, for like 10 minutes while he was fucking around on the guitar, yeah. like just playing Elvis covers, I think, by memory. Oh, jeez. was pretty wasted, but... Um, yeah, it was <laughs> but I just remember thinking mm. like he fucked the backup, mm. and that never. Yeah, I just remember thinking that that's that's really unfortunate. How often does that happen? Yeah, that's and how and then like where's the where's the line of oh I've got a backup I've got a backup guitar but now that I've ruined the backup guitar in a gig how does that like mentally prepare you thinking you know I mean oh, now I've got to bring three. Yeah, I know how mm. how much stuff would that guy be bringing afterwards? Fuck, <laughs> crazy, eh? Yeah, well I bring um. Like if if I'm doing a cover gig or something where I've got to bring bring everything myself, I'll I'll have two amps and ideally two speakers sometimes. Sure, yeah. Did yeah. you are you quads? You played quad? Button? Yeah, yeah. I've got a four by ten. I've been using that. I've got a two by ten, but I've blown that. So I'm just <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> got the four, so hopefully nothing happens. To that. It won't. It shouldn't no, happen. Four's but, a yeah, pretty no, solid it's, day. yeah. We're not playing anything that loud. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but the two's out of action at the moment. Unfortunately, that's the lighter one, so that's usually the one that gets used a lot more, just sure. for the local stuff anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. smaller yeah, crowds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hence, hence why it's not working at the moment, so. you got to get it fixed. Is there any speakers wrong with it? What's... Yeah, well, I thought I'd... Yeah, I actually don't know. I think it's a wiring issue. But oh, okay. it's, yeah, I think it's just got a bit hot in there at one gig and just, yeah. Do you play the Valve amp or you the solid state? I've got a, it's What I play is a bit of a hybrid. And you find a lot of amps these days that they, they they kind of have some kind of valve in there, with with bass stuff anyway. Sure. Especially the, the new new amps that come out. Yeah. You get a lot of um, D class or your, your digital amps and and yeah, a lot of them yeah have some kind of valve or something in there. But um yeah usually yeah that's kind of what I play anyway. Well I've always played either that or a solid state. I've never sure. had anything with valves in there. Um I like the sound of them, but they just it's something to go wrong and. They're pretty, um, they're amazing, but they there's a lot of maintenance and for yeah, exactly with valve amps. That's what I played on uh, was valve amps, and it was okay. always in the bloody shop. Yeah, that whenever we played, because I think when w- the height that that we were playing were maybe like three or four gigs a week. Yeah, and uh, I reckon that's where most of my money went was strings and the amp. Yeah, because you got to turn them off, <laughs> let them cool down. 
Yeah, so you've always got an on and off switch. So you've got a power up and then an on switch. The power up switch is like the warm up switch. The yeah. switch is everything on. Yeah. And it's the amps, it's the, uh, the valves cook. So I used to say, because they get fucking hot. But they've got to cook for a while. They've got to warm up. Yeah, exactly. You yeah, if you start playing when they're cold, you, your amp can get a bit louder and louder and louder. And... Yeah, and there was another sign. I remember that. I remember playing with a guy. Um, I, used to play, I used to jam with a guy in New Zealand. Do you ever hear of a band called Eight Foot Sativa? Oh. I used to tour with, used to tour with Tool in New Zealand. They are a oh, big okay. Kiwi band. And I used to jam with the drummer. Uh, he was an amazing drummer. <clears throat> What was I talking about? Valves. Oh, and he used to say that, because um, I remember I had a valve amp, was a, a Line 6, I think. I yep. can't remember what it was, but it, this amp that I had that, that ended up blowing. And there was a progressively over six months. I remember one day he's like, oh, your valve, your amp sounding really, uh, really hot. I was yep. like, oh, I don't know. What do you mean by that? He goes, it's just a lot louder than it sort of it has been. Are you turning it up? And I was like, no, it's not. It's sort of mm. set. It's just because we were just playing in a jam room. Yeah. There's no, you know what I mean? And I'm like, he's like, oh, you should get it checked out. I reckon it's going to go. And about, I don't know, a couple of weeks later, the amp blew. Oh, he called it. Yeah. And then he said that he reckoned that was a sign that if they're getting a hot head on it or just if it's getting too loud, it's just the things, I don't know electrically i don't I have no i have no understanding but he picked it and he was right so and he said he was that wasn't the first time yeah yeah well we, when we played uh we played at adelaide last week and i was mm. playing through a valve thing and um it felt a lot louder when i came back to it after sound check it's been on all night and all the other bands have been playing through it yeah you know so we you know i turned it on and sort of it stayed on and then <laughs> So it feels a bit different. <laughs> <laughs> the nice though. You're getting warm. nice and yeah, it was getting nice and hot, so yeah. The nice. Yeah. I like valves, they're, they're great. It's actually sitting at a mate's place at my current valve amp at the moment, just around the corner from here. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's just, just over the over the bypass. Yeah, he's so um but that needs a bit of repairs actually. It's getting a bit dusty on the inside. Oh, okay, yeah. I think all well, my stuff needs to be pulled apart and vacuumed out and all the rest of it and we'll get around to that eventually yeah yeah, yeah. god music equipment I got, oh, yeah do is it is this were you ever interested like yourself in in the manufacture or the making or how deep did you go into instruments and just the musical did you just go into just the musical the songs or did you get into the instruments as well yeah no i'm right into the instruments yeah i'm i'm a, i play fenders and I, I love playing them because you can sort of swap the parts over and mm. you kind of play legos with them a little bit that's yeah, right kind, on. Of, yeah, kind yeah. of the beauty of them yeah i've um yeah out of the bases i've got you know i've swapped a few necks over to each other and you know i've made one fretless um how do you find the fretless yeah it's not i don't use it a lot it's not a sound i find a need for a lot but yeah look at I, I use it a lot for you know practice and, and whatnot it's good for the years you know because you tilt your finger a little bit you're out of tune you know you don't have the uh, luxury of frets on it Funny enough, a double bass is easier, I find, really? than, than playing a, a fretless. Yeah, it's because it's so small. It's so... Oh, then, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... It's a double bassy. I, I could get my head around the, the size of it a little bit more, then, but if you tilt your fingers the wrong way on the fretless, you kind of 
you're out. So <laughs> you sound like <laughs> a jerk, don't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just put a fucking yeah. in there. Everyone <laughs> hates you. <laughs> Jesus, dude. Yeah, yeah. Getting that bass out. Stop again. trying to be cool. <laughs> it's, not, it's not the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah. Is there any bands and stuff like that that's exciting you at the moment? Um. Oh, at the moment. <laughs> I listen to a lot of Van Halen. Really? <laughs> yeah. Back. yeah. Right yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. A bit of Van Halen. I had some Doobie Brothers on before. Yeah. Yeah. Re- recent. Yeah. I haven't been listening to very new bands lately. I've sort of just been going back to the... Back to the classics. Back to the classics. Yeah. <laughs> Was it something that made you... That piked your interest back in Van Halen again? Or did you just hear a track and you're like, oh, fuck, that's oh, right. I just, just want to hear fun solos. You know? I think, I think oh, they're yeah, just, they're just the yeah, guitar yeah. solos. I just want to hear all the fancy, you know, all the fun stuff. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's part of, I think I just, I read a book on them. I think that's what got me back into them, actually. I read one of their biographies and that, that, Crazy that, life, that, eh? that does it. Yeah. I think, I think books, books do it. Books can sometimes steer what i'm what i'm listening to because you know, really? I, I love a yeah i love a biography a, a band biography definitely. Oh, right. yeah sure yeah, yeah yeah and sometimes i find coming out of a, a band book um i like the band even more like um i mentioned to you a band called the replacements yeah that um yeah they had a great book out um what are they called trouble boys or something like that but um that made me like the band even more after reading that just because you could relate yeah. to them or just because you understood them a bit better yeah i just yeah, just the just the stories. Yeah, I kind of liked them a bit more after after hearing There's some funny stories in there, and even a couple of recording things. You know about yeah. how they recorded things and and all the rest of it. But um, yeah, no, that was that was definitely one book that made me like a band a bit more. Yeah, highly recommend it. Do you like recording? Yeah, I like recording. Yeah, <laughs> no, it, yeah. no, it is good. It, it can be stressful. You know, it you, you, you got to get it right. Yeah, yeah, you got to write. Do you guys record much? Um, oh, Area 7 hasn't recorded in a long time, like over 10 years now. Um, but I haven't been on any of their recordings. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember the last last recording I've done. I work with a girl called uh, Sarah Rezik, and yeah, I've done some recording with her. Um, we were working as a session. Yeah, yeah. Well, she's, she, she wrote the song, so we did an EP a few years ago, and um, so we, we did this EP, and that got a little bit of interest through Mushroom. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. She sort of became friends with uh, Molly Meldrum. It's quite quite funny. Her her partner um, does some work for him, and and he he got him listening to the to this EP that we recorded, and and yeah, we ended he up getting he, yeah he liked. It. We ended up doing a showcase, um, a little showcase gig for him. Yeah, and um, yeah, and then yeah, she got you know she got a little yeah her her music ended up on um, Home and Away. And neighbours on, on both of them, yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, got a little publishing thing out of it. So yeah, that was that was really cool. And um, yeah, she's she releases um, songs here and there. And um, yeah, I think she's yeah she's got plenty to, plenty to go. I think she's going to going to go really well. Yeah, she's she's leading towards more the electronic side of things these days. Um, but yeah, lots happened for her in the last few years, and, and we still um, play as her backing band for for the shows and all that. Yeah, really? Yeah, she's sort of um, added a bit more synth style in there. She doesn't play under Sarah Rezik anymore. She's sort of rebranded herself as Kezra. Oh, so, yeah. So um, yeah, that that's because like she used to sort of do like acoustic-y sort stuff. of uh, sort of stuff. Yeah, now she's sort of leaning more towards the electronic stuff. So she sort of wanted to sort of 
yeah, put a put a little space in there and rename herself and yeah. sort of make it. Make what it do you else. do? You prefer that sort of stuff over what she used to play the acoustic, or do you think it's just, just no? Different? I like the new stuff. Yeah, yeah. The 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 it's it's interesting um, playing with um you know you you synths because you sort of have to find your place in there. You know, there's mm. a lot of frequencies going on, so you can't just yeah, it's interesting. Point, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to you got to slot in there. You can't just sort of. <laughs> can't just pull out the old old tricks sometimes <laughs> because yeah there's, there's, uh, yeah there's a little little sound there where you usually sit so yeah no it's it's challenging it's good yeah it's it's a different way to look at things when you got yeah you know, more yeah more instruments i guess more frequencies mm. yeah more, more frequencies. frequencies yeah yeah because exactly. yeah, i really love listening to band, uh, like james blake or yep. um bonnie i just keep going back to bonnie all that electronic stuff sort of really i think we're 10 years ago um the ele- electronic sort of stuff as electronic as i would go was smashing pumpkins yeah you know like the yeah. industrial sort of rock and that or nine inch nails sorry yeah, even, even yeah. and i think that's probably what curb me he was listening to trent reznor and what he was producing and the electronic sounds and you know and how and then people started simplifying things and going a little bit more solely and a bit more where they'd have that sort of uh syncopated sort of uh and a third the, you know like in terms of the the vocals it wouldn't be so bluesy where they'd be mm. singing on the one it'd be singing on like the, the three or yeah. the three but you know what i mean so it's a bit more jazzy but more solely sort of yeah and we're very very it. studio sort of based as well because i think yeah, i think the sure. hard part yeah, yeah. is pulling that off live um especially when you're sort of being quite out there with, with sounds and everything mm. you, you gotta remember um yeah. you know you, you gotta There's have a, a drummer going on yeah, you gotta have a drummer to that and you know we'll using click tracks and all sorts of things yeah. to try and keep it in sync you know um we would have sort of backing tracks and everything and yeah, yeah you gotta gotta make sure everyone sort of starts at the same time and finishes at the same time and all the rest of it For so sure. it's um yeah it does, it does add a few more um challenges like that in in playing that style definitely yeah yeah i like it i like i like thinking as well though yeah, I, I, I like it. I, recording for me was something that I, you know, I did like it. I liked the challenge of it. Mm. You know, I liked the fact that you could, like, really knuckle down and work hard on an area of a song if it wasn't quite working. Yeah, yeah. You know I mean, like, you'd have, like, you'd have written the song, you'd have practiced it, then you'd get in and you'd sort of listen back to it and you'd be like, oh, I think we can do that better. Do you know what I mean? And then, and yeah. then trying to change stuff and... Um, although that can also feel quite wasteful when you're in a studio. Yeah, it's a fine line sometimes. Definitely a fine line. Well, you've got to, yeah, like, you know, how many times you're going to get something wrong before you sort of learn there, or you can learn your mistake. That's, That's a common thing. You know, if you make one little mistake, you do it again, don't do that mistake again, and you end up doing it, and you've kind of, you've learnt You've learned your mistake a little bit, you know. And that That's can... very interesting. This is something that I talk about to um, actors a lot that do uploads. So uploads are a thing that, uh, so you get sent a scene for a yeah. TV show or a movie or whatever, um, and say, hypothetically, I mean, this, go weird. Say that the film's filming in Kazakhstan. That's where the film's based, yeah. right? Yeah. No, well, they're not going to see someone in Australia. So you do an upload, and you. Just, upload it to the internet they download it they can watch it that's what an upload is okay yeah and so if you do scenes so an actor will 
come in, you record them doing the scene. And what often happens is they, they so when you're learning, you learn your lines, you know, and then you think about physicality and what you want to do during the scene or whatever, mm. whatever the scene's about. A lot of the time, actors will learn the mistakes that they make, so they keep tripping on the same spots. And it's not because yeah. they don't they don't know what they're saying or they don't know what they want to do. It's because they've made a mistake, and now they've it's like they've muscle memoried that. You're mistake. aware of it. Yeah, it's so interesting that, it's, mm. that you feel the same way with music. It's, oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's it could definitely be a trap. That's amazing. A trap to be in. So, um, yeah, but no, recording recording's good. It's yeah. um, yeah, no, I do I do enjoy it. But yeah, it's just those little little things like that. And yeah, you, I think, <coughs> excuse me, I think we've got um, we've got it pretty easy these days with um, recording because you, we can you can do anything to music. I think, you know, go back thirty years, there was no Pro Tools. You can't redo that one note right at the end of the song that you may have you know stopped a bit early or something Mm. like that you know it's um yeah it's crazy you can't just delete a handful of notes that you're not happy with and redo them like it's just yeah you can do absolutely anything these days and it's and it's so condensed yeah so much smaller look at this setup i've got it's crazy yeah yeah you know what i mean it's like it's cheap now as well it's so much more accessible do you think it's a good thing it's good and bad yeah. yeah, I think you could still, um, like, I think the more you're going to mess with the with music, you be compromising quality sure. with it all. Okay. Yeah. And, um, you know, you've got something called Quantize, which pulls everything into time. When you use that, even if you use it a fair bit, you actually lose quality of sound. Okay, so that, so that takes the edges off the sound and sort of... Yeah, yeah, it kind of just pulls everything into time. So, you know, when you're using things like that, yeah, you can you can lose or compromise sound quality. But I was actually talking to someone about this the other day, recording on tapes, oh, yeah. on, on the old magnetic tapes. And yeah. I think, like, I remember doing it once when I was studying, you know, once or twice, sort of just doing demoing on tapes. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm pretty lucky to be doing, doing that sort this. of thing. But I think back in the day... Uh, you sort of, you know, you you do all your demoing stuff, and they'd probably have to get a fresh bit of tape and try and get it right on that because you'd want the nice, crisp quality, you know, mm. the fresh bit of tape on there to make that master. It just yeah. Yeah, because the more you record over it, the thinner the tape gets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you wear it out, you know. It's stopping and starting and all that. So I think you know, if you wanted to get your absolute best possible you know result you want to get it you know open, crack a fresh one open out of the, out of the plastic put crack it in the there <laughs> yeah. yeah everyone's getting all nervous and yeah, sweaty yeah, palm. Yeah. is, don't, is, don't is that a new up. tape going in yeah. there <laughs> <laughs> you gotta Shit. do those yeah you gotta do those tricks you know don't tell them you're recording yeah just you just do that again i sort of you know oh yeah right. yeah, yeah yeah it's all that all those all those sort of tricks i reckon yeah God. we just want to get a sound you just want to uh you know just run that song and then you run it. Yep, that's good. That's done. <laughs> that's <good>. Oh, okay. <laughs> Crazy. Have you, have you had any uh, any 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 good stories from any any good any gigs or anything like that or any? Oh, the last. Oh, I guess the last story could involve. Um, you know, I fell in a hole on a stage, so that's um. What? Uh, that would be the most recent one. A hole. A hole in the stage. Like a hole? hole? Yeah, a hole. What? Yeah. Like- <laughs> it, was a, it, was, it was an Area 7 show. I won't, I won't say what, what show it was, but um, it, when I was getting all set up, um, we were in like an outdoor sort of marquee, like, you know, those festival marquees yeah. and whatnot. Um, there was two sort of poles going into the stage. 
to into you know um, like tent poles, yeah, sure, know, the big poles. Yeah. Um, around the stage, there was like about a foot clearance, so there was two of these in either side. Um, and then, yeah, one side had road cases all strapped around to it to prevent, prevent anyone going, going in the there. Hole. But they'd uh, forgot about my side. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So as we were setting up and all the rest of it, and, and I saw, I got oh, there's a hole there. I didn't even think twice of it. And then, yeah, second song in, I managed to step backwards into it and one, one leg in, the other, the other <laughs> leg out. Scissor kicking the hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good guitar flat on the ground. And, <laughs> <laughs> me flapping my hands hands around, go to the uh, to the monitor guy and get what me out of here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember and, uh, playing at um, a pub in it's quite different to state a pub in oh, just off Sydney Road, not the railway. I think it was the railway. I can't remember. So it was the railway hotel, and this they had like a weird sort of L shape stage like a really fat stage and then like a really skinny bit that went out oh yeah and then where the skinny bit went out that joined onto the main stage is like a big wooden pole yeah and i remember we played this playing this gig there it was the first time that we played there i can't remember the name of the pub is and um we're about halfway through our set and just the sound all of a sudden feels weird did you like and just couldn't quite it was like it's like a speaker went or something weird happened to the sound just felt a little bit hollow yeah I'm like looking what the fuck's going on like halfway the song and then look to my right to the skinny part of the stage and then there's a bass player asleep against the pole <laughs> <laughs> Forehead resting. Of course, it was the bass player. Just, just completely dead against the pole, and that was, we were just like stunned. The Couldn't bass was probably it. just humming, and <laughs> it, was. it was just like, mm, just like resting. It was, it was, yeah. He was a, he was a, he was a terrible. He thought he was the. He, he um, I'm not going to rag on him. But he said to us one day, he goes, I reckon I'm quite easily probably the best bass player in Melbourne at the moment. Oh, wow. (laughs) Was he? No. (laughs) No, he wasn't. He he wasn't. I mean, you know, he was good, but he, you know, lots lots of people are good. Yeah. There's lots of good musicians out there that can play, you know. There's something about like playing at band aids. It's, it's a, it's a marriage. I say to people, it's a relationship. And um, oh, that it is. Yeah, you know, it's more. It's everyone's talented. There's so much talent out there, but it's about you know wanting the same thing at the same time. And um, God, he just wanted to fall asleep. I think just wasn't interesting enough for him. <laughs> <laughs> boring the him. Problem. <laughs> That and a bottle of Jack Daniels, oh, like okay. he was proper, yeah. you know. Jesus, he was a, he was a mistake. It was unfortunate. Oh, beer. Okay, can we pause this? For oh, a sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think this beer is actually better out of a can than it was out of a tap. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm actually enjoying this beer better out of the can than that day that we. Because this is from that brewery, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, actually, um, don't remember it on tap. <laughs> <laughs> Do you not remember? I just remember grabbing it randomly and going, oh, actually, this is actually a pretty good beer. But Did you grab a slab that day? No, I, I bought a six-pack home. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah I don't yeah. think you can get it by the slab. 
Oh, they sell six packs. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have the uh, price for a full slab. Dainton Brewery. Yeah. American what are you drinking? Oh, I'm drinking the uh, Pirate. Oh, uh, I like Pirate yeah, that. Good one. Yeah, yeah. That, this yeah. is pretty good. They're very similar. They are, actually. That one's still like not as... Um, this one's got a little bit more sort of stout sort of flavor to it. That one's a little bit softer. Or is that one heavier? This, this one's heavier. Mm. Yeah. But I think next to each... I think at the moment, I, can, I couldn't tell couldn't the difference. Couldn't tell the difference? Yeah. Yeah. God, it's amazing how many microbreweries and, and boutique breweries are popping up now in the last 10 years to where it was like... Oh, it's crazy. When you, when yeah. you go to a pub now, there's just, just rows of taps. Like yeah. when there used to be like three that you'd have like cult and vb or han or something like that yeah you know but now there's like <laughs> eight taps yeah they must have kegs going there every day to breweries spoiled for choice is it, how good is it yeah it is it is good but it's, you just it's actually reinvigorated my like for beer yeah i've, I've just jumped onto the uh, boutique sort of beers myself yeah i think mm. i got a little bit tired of 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 i mean i could Riders are a thing, right? How many? Yeah. Do you, yeah. So whenever we got riders, it was always like, I don't know, Carlton or. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, just yeah you always get the had. yeah the cheap the cheap yeah the beer. house beer. Yeah. That's what they give you. They don't give you the fucking top shelf shit. Carlton's so, a rough beer. I like it's all right. I used to drink it all the time growing up, but um, I actually found Melbourne is the better one out of Melbourne's the two. Better? Yeah. Really? Yeah, a lot Melbourne, of people Melbourne's say that. Yeah, Melbourne's the better one. I don't think I've ever had Melbourne better. Wow. <laughs> I don't, I don't I know. These are probably better. <laughs> I don't think I ever have. I remember had it. I, I, but, I, but I think because I, I stopped drinking there for a while. Uh, and then I, when I went back to drinking, I was like, I don't want to drink shit anymore. So I was like, I started drinking scotch. But good scotch. So whenever, like whenever we would play, I would have an orange juice and a scotch. Not together. Yeah. But yeah. that's what I would have is just an orange juice and a scotch instead of beer. So it was this. And if the if the bar didn't have like good scotch, I would usually bring my own. I would usually bring like a whatever. Yeah. No. Why not? You know, and just drink and sip on that rather than the slamming beer. Although a guitarist usually made up. Johnny usually made up for. Usually made up for the the my lack of beer by drinking. Yeah. He used to play the Brunswick, Brunswick Club. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I played there before. He used to get jugs of beer. This is almost unlimited. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's how you do it, though. I'd rather that. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Slightly more dangerous because, you know, jugs can end up on, on things. But no, They do, often. I actually like that. Yeah. I, I would rather that. Um, I've always, all the time I'm in bands with a million people in there, so the rider doesn't last very long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how big is Area Seven? There's eight of us. Eight. Yeah, yeah. The when the, the shows we play in Melbourne, I'm driving anyway. But yeah, I usually usually party on the interstate ones. But um, yeah, there's eight. <laughs> there's eight of us. So yeah, the riders uh, are yeah, go quite aren't, thin. Aren't, <laughs> yeah, they're not around for long. <laughs> <laughs> what are the what are the riders on with beer and some? Chips yeah, and oh, like yeah, that. just yeah, just mainly yeah, have beer and. Whatever. Wine. Um, no, not even wine, just beer, really. Right on. Beer and chips. Sometimes we've got wine. Actually, at the uh, Hotter Than Hell Festival, they had an open bar out the back. That was pretty awesome. That's sick. Yeah. Yeah, that was quite nice. 
<laughs> it was like a lounge. Yeah, it was, was, it, was, it, was, it, was it their own artist lounge? Was it, was yeah. that, it was an artist bar? Yeah, yeah. They, they varied a little bit from show to show. Sure. Um, the first one we did was in Gladstone. And we had, Gladstone. We had like oh my a, God. We had like a huge, this huge room where all the bands had their own tables and stuff. And yeah. they had like a full bar set up, like whatever you wanted pretty much. So that, that was pretty awesome. Oh, that was that was good, and then um, the one after that was like a time. Um, oh, what was the one after that? Um, so it was Gladstone, and then Toowoomba, and it was basically just a little office we had <laughs> with the <laughs> same amount of bands all crammed in this little office and just chairs. Cleaners. That's the cleaners. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Take the brooms yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just with you know little bathtubs of booze everywhere you oh know my God. So, yeah no no open bar there and then yeah it kind of varied at each one it was quite funny the bar is a bathtub yeah but it was stinking hot that day and it was air conditioned so whatever it was, yeah, yeah it, was, it didn't matter it's yeah, all like, prize, isn't it? yeah. yeah amazing yeah i i yeah touring so yeah that's crazy amazing do, do you think um what do you think is there, is there any sort of interest that you have outside of music that you'd like to do? Oh. No, not really. You reckon this is it? You reckon you, this yeah, is you? Yeah, this is, this is just what I like doing, yeah. Do you get into, like, rocks and geology, or do you uh, get into, like... Well, not so much the rocks, no. Hydrogen fuel cells? Or... <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds kind of fun. No, I was... Study again, or... Yeah, I look. If, if I was, you know, in a perfect world, if I was ever to study something again, I'd probably just study more music. To be honest, Amazing, yeah, 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 it's just what I like. Yeah, I'll, I'll delve into other instruments. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I um, you know, I play a little bit. I'm a horrible guitarist, but I like, I like playing. You know, goofing around on it. And... I'm actually going to see the tea. Pa- oh, I told you about this. I'm actually going to see the tea party. I remember you mentioning that. Yeah, this Friday night. Oh wow, Melbourne. The, he, I can't remember what his name is, but he's amazing with that. He's he he because he travels the world usually to far to reach, hard to reach kind of places. Finds yeah. a new instrument that's local to that area and incorporates it into the set. He just becomes a master of it or something. He like does. That. He's incredible. Oh, I hate like, those he's people. <laughs> purely gifted, and and he was yeah. like, and he'll bring this little instrument, which is not usually little. It's like here's a wheelbarrow of this fucking instrument out yeah. onto the stage. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's like, ah, oh, da This is the fucking <laughs> such and such from the Nepalese mountain region, and yeah. you know what I mean? Like something Chinese influence or some shit. And he's oh, like, wow. and we're gonna incorporate it into. And he's a little taste of what it sort of sounds like, and he sort of plugs it in or mics it up or whatever the fuck he does. And he, yeah. since he starts like strumming away, like everyone in the audience is like just mesmerized by these, you know, what he's doing. And, and, and completely space, you know, half of them is probably definitely spaced out on something, but he's watching this, this dude just like having played this instrument for six months. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like just the absolute master this thing and you're like it's incredible and then and then he's incorporated into one of their like their big hits and you're just like blown away yeah how he's able to incorporate like a completely foreign instrument into into their yeah and i think that's an amazing that's an amazing ability that the tea party has is kind of how they instead of remodeling themselves it's kind of, this is makes it sort of a micro remodeling or just just throws another little spice or another little sort of flavor to them that allows yeah. me to appreciate them so they never really get old for me because if you go to a live gig it's definitely different 
night mm. to night. Yeah, yeah. Know, because of their ability to, their musical ability to, to incorporate different instruments into their set and, and mm. his knowledge on the instruments as well as... as I, play, I play with a guy who's like, you know, he's, he's learning all the different instruments and stuff. He's always, you know, I play, I do these cover gigs with him. He's always, you know, playing a wedding or something with him. He's always got a trumpet or a violin or something on him and something, <coughs> something different. And He's uh, picked up from somewhere. Yeah, and he gets good at it. I'm just like, how do you do that? <laughs> <coughs> do you reckon you'd play a wind instrument? Uh, I did a year of uh, trombone and a year of trumpet while I was, oh, yeah. while I was studying music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How'd you go? Uh, great with the trombone. Um, I can understand it. It's um, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's like a fretboard. When you <laughs> extend it, that's the way I saw it, and I was able to get my head around it. You also, being a bass instrument, I found the reading a bit easier. Yeah, right. And because you, you create the notes as well with your mouth, don't yeah, you? Yeah, with your embouchure. Yeah. Right. But yeah, when you extend the slide out, I think of it as like a, a fretboard. So That's that really I was able to get my head around it. Um, where I did a year on trumpet, and I was, yeah, with the finger combinations and stuff. Yeah, I just go, just wasn't any good at it. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't any good at the trumpet. So yeah. I've always got a harmonica in the car. Oh, that that's hard. I suck at harmonica. I can do the train thing. I can make it sound like a train. <laughs> yeah, I, I tried harmonica. Yeah, I just couldn't couldn't do that one. Yeah. <laughs> I like watch guys. I mean, there was this homeless guy that used to catch the train from um, Clayton out to Dandenong when I was working in Keysborough. He used to um, catch a train. Uh, crazy story. He he lost his. Uh, I met this guy on the train and um, he'd lost, just lost his house and he was living in his friend's garage and he was oh, like geez. in his mid sixties. Yeah. It's like what happened? His, his wife had died, um, and he couldn't afford to keep the house up, and he had no family. So they didn't have any kids. Yeah, didn't have a brother. His parents had died. And this was his only family, so they lost the house, had no income, um, and started living in his friend's garage. So he was homeless. Yeah, and he and he had a harmonica on him, and he would just catch the train and stay on the train all day long to keep warm through winter. Him and his dog had this giant fucking Newfoundland fluffy <coughs> dog bear kind of thing hmm. they used to catch a train with him and he was incredible at the harmonica wow incredible just 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 practiced i, think, I guess this run. is what he yeah. did but he just sit there like just playing the harmonica all day long like just yeah and it was good he actually um the garage that he was living in was like when i was staying in clayton clayton yeah, when I was staying in Clayton, he was staying in a, a few blocks down from us. And so he, how I met him was he was walking down the street one day past our garage and I was playing in the garage. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he, just, wow. he came in and started jamming with his harmonica and his dog. His <laughs> <laughs> garage. Wow. Yeah, he was crazy. He was a cool guy. Yeah. I never never saw him again. I mean, yeah, I saw him a couple of times on the train, but like once I left, I by again, I mean like once I left Australia, back to New Zealand for a few years and then came back, I never saw him again. I didn't, yeah. have no idea what happened to him. Yeah, I ended up playing with a um a guy who used to busk on South Bank. Oh, and yeah. um I actually met him via a recording I was doing. It was some yeah, some jazz recording I did through um this guy I was playing with and um yeah, he just yeah, it was busking and he picked him up and um yeah then we ended up like doing a lot of gigs together 
But yeah, he was a great player, but probably the best, you know, he's such a good sax player. He got RSI in his um, jaw. Like oh, an RSI gosh. or like a weird um, muscle thing in his jaw and he couldn't play anymore because he had a constant, um, like a tremor. Like you put a, um, a, a playing card in his teeth and it would shake constantly. So I wasn't able to hold a, a, a long note. Yeah. And, you, and the guy used to just practice like eight hours a day, just insane. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, yeah. And he just lived off the music and lived off, um, lived off the busking. And yeah, like he was, yeah. I remember, um, I did play some stuff, uh, when I was studying. We had, um, like our performances that we got graded on. Oh, and yeah. I brought him in with me. And I was just like, <laughs> who's this guy? <laughs> Where'd you find? What the hell? <laughs> and we took on some pretty um pretty tricky jazz jazz songs as well and he just ate it up like it was just all over it and you know, the people who were examining was like, Who the hell's this guy? <laughs> but yeah, he doesn't play anymore unfortunately. Yeah, he just sort of did it to a point where he just sort of just wrecked himself a bit. Do you worry about that? Uh, I have in the past. Um, yep. I have had to cool down the playing a little bit. Yeah, I've had pains in the wrists and all that. Yeah, yeah, just from doing it too much, definitely. Just an RSI kind of strain. Yeah, sort of yeah, just just sore in certain parts of the wrist. Yeah, and I think um, it's a, you really got to look at your technique. Do you so, think that's what it is? It definitely. Oh look, I, I think for this guy that I knew, um, I think that was just doing it so much. Like he did it so much, but I think for for what I've, you know, for what what I've gone through is yeah. I don't know, yeah, it's from doing it too much, but yeah, I think when, when those things pop up, you really got to look at, um, you know, the way you play and yeah. you know, how straight your hand is and are you the most ergonomical. As know, in terms the, of where your hand, how your hand's changing position and, and holding down weight and yeah. if that's the most efficient that it can be. Yeah, and if the um, tendons are straight as well, um, playing with your, you know, with the, with the fingers that are hitting the strings, playing with your elbow up a little bit makes everything a bit straighter. You know, there's little good little habits like that. You know, if you've got your hand curved and there's a lot of activity going onto your fingers, everything's Lots curved. Of stretching. And, yeah, yeah. So it's a little, <coughs> little things like that. Sorry, I'm coughing heaps now. <laughs> <laughs> it's the beer. It's the beer. <coughs> it's damn pirates. Yeah, I know. It's heavy pirate shit. What yeah. is it like? Seven percent? Uh, Six point eight. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Do you remember this elephant beer that was around for a while? I remember elephant beer. Yeah, it was like it was like eight percent or ten percent or something. Is it still around? Yeah, I don't think I've seen it. <laughs> no idea. It was like heavy shit. You'd buy a six pack of it and last you for like two nights. You drink three beers, you'd be wasted. Yeah, people probably died or something and had to shut it shut down. Shut it down. Or down. It was, yeah, yeah, it was full <laughs> on stuff. <clears throat> There's a fine line with beer, isn't it? It's funny that you can drink like. Three glasses of wine. It's similar to like, well, I mean, there's probably like a quantity. Though, then now that I think about it, this sounds incredibly stupid. Feel <laughs> <laughs> like a fool. Three hundred mils of wine is not the same as three hundred mils of beer. You idiot. That's terrible maths. I'm sorry. Right. I was just like trying to think of like, oh, why well, you can have like a glass of wine and still be fine versus a glass of beer, and you're like, it's yeah. sort of similar, but that's totally do with uh, mils. <laughs> probably <laughs> <laughs> oh my god anyway I don't know um, do is, have you always been like I mean when we talked about having a little chat a little podcast chat you were pretty yeah. apprehensive about it yeah yeah and just outright nervous about it yeah. are you still nervous yeah a little bit yeah you're pretty good 
Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> they're pretty casual. They're pretty chill. Like, I'm not, like, going to start digging into... I don't dig into people's, you know, problems or pasts or whatever, you know. I just yeah. am more interested in their stories and um, and who they are and, you know, what they're interested in, what, you know, what, what sort of... I think why as well, like, why you wanted to do things and why you wanted to take up music like why you gravitated towards it as well like yeah. it's sort of what more i'm interested in rather yeah. than no it's, it's good I've, I've never done anything like this before so was, yeah yeah no and i don't sing so i don't really you know listen to myself in any kind of way or the headphones are weird aren't they mm. I, sometimes yeah. i use them i don't know it's weird um amazing we can totally wrap it up yeah you want. yeah i i think thank you so much for um jumping on and and being a guest i was i was i was pretty excited about having you on for a while um, uh, well thank you thanks for having me and yeah i hope uh it was okay and <laughs> it's great it was a good chat it was cool it was good it was fun um yeah i don't know and we can totally do it again and thank you so much and uh yeah Keep peaceful. All right, cool. Thanks for having me. Thanks, dude. Cheers. Alrighty. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Thank you to Andy Gardner for jumping on the show and finally doing a, uh, a chat with me. It was fucking, it was great fun. It was a good chat. Um, thank you for liking and subscribing. Uh, please keep it up if you like the show. Just hit that button. It's fucking worth it. Uh, we've got heaps more shows coming up, lined up. Um, due for release so keep tuned for those ones that'd be really cool in the meantime stay warm stay happy stay chill chat to y'all soon see ya